Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey everybody, welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where we watch the live action adaptations of your favorite animations. As always, I'm Kate. And I'm Misha. And today we're actually changing things up. I guess not changing, our last episode was a review, so we're sticking with the review thing because Cannon Busters came out on Netflix. Yep, and it has been everything I have hoped for. It's so good. It's so good, and it just... It is so ref- damn refreshing of seeing like people of color animated and not in a stereotypical way. Yeah. Of like a majority cast of people of care of people of color animated and they not look their their looks are not used for the butter jokes. Yeah. Oh, I, oh before I, I, oh, oh, sorry, yeah, no. oh okay. We'll keep talking. Okay. We we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do Yeah, I mean I I just have a lot to say. I'm really excited. <laughs> I am too. We just like dove right into it, but we forgot about crunch time for a second. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think we can just go right into it because my crunchy time has been Cannon Busters. I haven't had a lot oh, of cool. time to watch anything. Um, then let's just do that. I'll save mine for next time. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about Cannon Busters because it's, it's so good, y'all. I hope y'all have watched it. If not, just heads up. This is for spoilers. But it's only 12 episodes, so you can knock that out unless you got yep. shit to do. Watch it one episode a day. You could still knock that out in 12 days. Just saying. It's <laughs> <laughs> priorities. Um, okay. Oh, but here I have the summary. So for those who are not familiar with it, Cannon Busters is an American. Well, the source of it, Cannon Busters, started as an American fantasy comic book series by, Le- by LaShawn Thomas. That launched in March 2005, an anime original animation by Sightlight and you met and you met a company. It was released on Netflix. So the premise of it is Sam and Casey arrive in Balloon Town, not knowing where to go next. They're hoping Philly the Kid can help them despite the bounty hunters on his tail. So that's like the Netflix summary of what Cannon Busters is. And... I mean, the, I feel like they kind of like didn't give like more, but I guess I I, finish, I just went to the source material for that one. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, we can go into like a little bit of the characters. I mean, because I, I personally want to talk about Philly the Kid. I love yes. Philly the Kid so <laughs> much. So, I so, knew like, you would. I was like describing Cannon Busters to people and I'm like, it is like Lupin and yes. Champloo and Bebop. And like Gundam for some good measure, and Outlaw Star, and, and Outlaw Star, all came up together and gave us this amazing science fiction cyberpunk just world. Yes, it's um, just, oh, design. Like, yeah. sorry, talk about. Let's just let's. We gotta break this down. Characters, stick to characters. Yes, first. yes. Philly the kid. Um, yeah. So. Uh, this is from CannonBusters.com. Philly the Kid, wanted for countless crimes throughout the land. Philly has been on the run for decades, but he has bigger problems. He can't seem to die, and the countless hunters after his bounty want to make history. He happens upon Sam and Casey, who help him escape trouble before they reveal they've been searching for him. Reluctant to help them at first, Philly agrees when he learns two droids may be linked to his past. That's Philly the Kid. Yep. And it's good. Like, Philly is the the child of every 
surly slash goofy woman crazed anime protagonist or anti anti-hero yeah anti-hero so like lupin with spike with oh you said it earlier i think the dude from outlaw star but i can't remember his name oh uh no also mugen Oh, yes, Moog. Yes, Moog. He's Moogan. He's, He's Mugen. more Moogan than the other two, but he has qualities of the other two. Yes, absolutely. Which, granted, Moogan and, and Spike were created by the same person. But the, yeah. the point is, it's still like, I, first off, LaShawn Thomas, if you're listening to this, and I hope that you do just a freaking phenomenal job on like building these characters and designing them. Mm-hmm. But it's like also like you can tell he was one of those kids that watched Toonami. Oh, and he also, yeah. And he stayed up late and watched the not appropriate anime for kids also. <laughs> and that's how we got Philly the Kid. And just like the qualities that I love in my favorite like anti-hero slash protagonist anime characters I see in Philly. And like it's so hard at some point, so I'm like, the whole time I'm watching, I'm watching the, like the series. I mean, I'm like, when's the moment when Philly's gonna have like a heart of gold? Yeah. And then I realize he doesn't really have a heart of gold, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm fine with him not having like not having a heart of gold. I'm fine with him being the way he is. Yeah, it it's God. I just I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um. It's one of those things, too. So Philly the Kid's power is that he literally can't die. And when he does yeah. die, a number comes on his body. It tells you how many deaths he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing is, it actually kind of reminded me of Blade of the Immortal. Yes! We're like, Sorry, that was loud. Dude, like, are you purposefully, like, are, are you, have you just been alive so long that you don't care if you're getting run through or dissolving in acid? Which that is actually probably one of my favorite scenes. He's in yeah. a plant and he's like, oh, this smells so good. I like mm-hmm. being in here. This is great. And then all of a sudden he's animated where he just uh, completely just melts. Yeah, that was awesome. That one. And then, like, oh, when he, like, gets shot, like, his whole stomach and spine is blown yep. out in the first episode. And then he just looks down. He's like, what the hell? And then yep. he, like, falls back and he comes back to life. And it's like, he, like going back to Blade of the Mo- Immortal, like, like we, we reviewed that in this previous episode, if y'all want to check it out. But we made the comment of, like, we realized it's not that the main character isn't even, like, a super skilled fighter. It's that he leans on his ability to not die yep for his fighting and that's why he's unbeatable and i'm just like oh my god that's just like philly like he doesn't he's not exactly a good fighter he's a great shooter like he's a he's a he's got a really good eye and he can shoot well yeah but it's kind of like he he walks through life with just like well shit i died again and he's like it's a, it's inconvenient for him it's like t- stepping in dog shit <laughs> yep he, he treats it as like a my like oh damn it how many times did i die yeah, and, and then there's also there's the dynamic that he ends up build, building with Casey and Sam are yeah. amazing, and I actually I I really like Casey and uh, Philly the kids relationship the most because there's this too. scene where he wakes up and he's hungover and he's like I'm so hungry I'm so mm-hmm. like I you know 
Uh, I must have eaten all my stuff, you know, last night when I was drunk. And Casey's just pulls out these chips and and Philly's yeah. like, I remember you stealing my food from me. He was like, No, I didn't steal your food from you. I just made sure you had breakfast today. And I was like, That is adorable and precious. So and precious. I love it. So, so precious. Much. Yeah. Um, Casey is the best. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say too, um, if you don't know LaShawn Thomas's work, LaShawn Thomas has also worked on Black Dynamite, Legend mm-hmm. of Korra, The Boondocks, um, and Children of Ether, which is a con- Crunchyroll title, um, before coming up with Cannon Busters. Like his story behind doing it is actually really cool. Like he straight up flew to Japan and Korea just to make this. And like dedication. Yeah. Just first off, his resume speaks for itself. Oh yeah. That is an impressive amount of things to work on. But then it's like this goes back and then if y'all didn't know, fun fact, LaShawn Thomas was in the Into the Anime documentary yeah. that we that we reviewed in our most recent episode. So you got to see a clip of him talking about Cannon Busters. Mm-hmm. And I, what I commented on there was like what I loved about LaShawn's part was that like you understood that he came from Western, like our Western culture of like animation, everything. And he went and learned their processes and, and like in Korea and Japan, like, yeah, he can't, he went there to learn how they did it there. And like, he took his skill set and he like, that's, I think that's just awesome. Like he loved it so much and he wanted to go and, and just to make this thing, like you said, like, yeah. I think that's awesome. And then, like, getting to hear him talk about his vision for Cannon Busters was one of my favorite things in that documentary. The rest, most of it's trash besides the other creators. But we're not going to get into that again. <laughs> we're done. That's behind us. It's over. <laughs> but, oh, sorry. I cut you off. Continue, please. No, 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 no. That's all good. That Like, that's, I mean, LaShawn, oh, he also has Yasuki. Um, uh, which is, it was announced last year, I believe it's, a. it is a anime based on a historical African samurai. Ooh. Um. Wait, this sounds familiar. Yeah. They talked, it it got, uh, it's going to be, uh, Lakeith uh, uh, Stanfield's going to be the, the main guy. That is right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um. I'm really excited because at the time he had talked about a lot of influ- influences from Champlu and, and, you know, all this stuff. And I, I think that there has just been, I think Cannon Busters, sorry, I'm shifting in my seat. Um, You're good. I think Cannon Busters and, you know, LaShawn, like it, it really shows that American anime can happen. And yep. if it's respectful, it will succeed. Like, Absolutely. It, it, it's like, Watching Cannon Busters, like Cannon Busters is unique into itself. Like it's a unique world with unique characters. Mm-hmm. But it's also very much like you said, like you know he watched Tsunami growing up. Yep. Like it 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 feel it feels like a love letter in the same way that Naruto feels like a love letter to DBC. Oh yeah. Like in the true. same way that like my hero feels like a love letter to American comics. Like yeah. I there's something about them. How do I explain it? It's like the amount of homage. homage. Yeah, yeah. The amount of homage that you see that's paid to like different like anime throughout this series. 
I think it's very powerful because like there's things where you're just going to watch and you're going to like, oh, did did he get the idea from that thing? Like there's yeah. the one episode you've probably, I think you said you you got to through most of it. Um, but it's the one where they get to the city where there's a floating city. Yes. And there's a city that's a dumpster. I'm like, battle angel. Like, yes. Ah! And it's like, but then you also understand like there's like so many different anime that have that like dynamic where yeah. there's a floating magical city up above that's rich and wealthy and only for the rich and wealthy mm-hmm. but then you have all the people who are destitute broken and like they are like are scraping to get by living underneath them and being the fodder to fuel the like euphoric euphoric place and i'm like that's done everywhere but like the way he does it where it's like literally a city over a city and i'm like it made me think of battle angelita and then there's just like so much more as yeah. you keep watching, but it's like it's it's almost like an Easter egg hunt. You know what it is? It was like us to me. Um, so us as a horror fan, mm. it was it was so much more than a regular horror movie. And and Jordan Peele's talked about this in that mm-hmm. he purposely took pieces of other horror movies and mm. and franchises and and baked them into the the foundation of the film but built something new on top of it and that's what i feel like it got done here and i think that that is a trademark of somebody Mm -hmm. who not only understands the medium that they're working in yeah but loves the media that they're working in and i think that it's something that you can you can pull it off badly and it just feels like you're copying something Mm-hmm. But if you pull it off well, it shows the depth of your passion for that piece. And, and li- like listening to LaShawn's interviews and watching, you know, watching him talk, like you can tell that he feels it. He loves it. He has a passion for it. Um, and it, it comes through every piece of Cannon Busters. And uh, I also think one of the things that, that I really like about Philly the Kid and and honestly, like, you know, all the other characters, especially because they're characters of color, which you don't really, you know, we don't see in anime that much, especially mm-hmm. like you said in the beginning, when, you know, their looks aren't being played for jokes or, you yeah. know, their, their languages, it happens a lot with Spanish, like their languages are just being taken and used with, you know, you know, without any consideration what's happening. Right. Um, but it... <sighs> they're there like they they exist like i I don't know how to explain it like it is they aren't they aren't reduced to it which is what i think happens a lot in in in, in anime um and they 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 they're just full characters like you don't see us questioning whether like i don't know how to explain it like they, they have the liberty to just exist as great characters yeah. They aren't defined by it. They aren't used as a butt of a joke because of, of you know, because of their identity. It's mm-hmm. just so good. It's refreshing. It's like, yeah. And it's like, it's refreshing and validating because it's like, obviously, and I like, it's obvious, like, you have all these like different shades of brown characters, like, together. And it's not like making one of them a token. 
Mm-hmm. And like that, because like usually if I'm happy, if I just get, I'm not, well, first off, I'm pleased when I see at least one character of color in an anime. And I mean, I say that as in like, if I see a non-Japanese character, like if you have like a black character or a, Lat- or a Latinx character or someone who's like not of the origin. Or like, then, yeah, I was like, let's just be lines. honest. They're all just generic brown characters is usually. Usually. And then, and then whether you're a Latinx fan or, or you know, um, a black fan, you're just mm. like, they're this person. <laughs> yes. So back to what we always go to, Bleach. Exactly. Yoroichi had, is Afro-Latina. Yeah. Yoroichi <laughs> is Afro-Latina. And we have Chad, who is... Yes. Who, like, Chad, who, like, I'm still upset that the live action just, like, erased oh. his entire culture. And I'm like, y'all need to bring this back in the sequel. Yeah. You need to make sure that you acknowledge that the boys have Mexican. Because... Mm-hmm. We not like this is not okay. Like it's even in his last name, but I'm pretty sure they even changed his last name. Yeah. And it's like it's his culture, like his heritage is a part of like his powers. Mm-hmm. So like that's what that's what kind of like pisses me off more about it. But our point is when you see a character like Yoroichi, you know that she like I see her we like we've talked like you saw her as a Latina woman I uh, as a Latina I saw her as a black woman but like when you think about it she 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 could be both or like we both we both can identify with her like seeing her there and it's like yeah no she's Afro-Latina like she's there she's black she's had like she has the skin color and it's awesome and it's like it's just like to see her be a badass character was a great thing but it's like Seeing Cannon Busters is taking that to a whole other level. Yeah. Be- because, again, this all takes place in the mythical land and everything. So I say people of color because, obviously, there's not like a... There's not an Africa. There's not yeah. like... There's 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 not a country. There's like it's a yeah. mythical land. But it's like still you see how diverse they are. But like they the characters aren't seen by their races. Like yeah. as in they're not... They You're get not to just... exist in like a fantasy. Yes. Like they and get just... to be a part of that. And, and just be in the fantasy. Like how people yeah. argue why black people or other brown people aren't in Game of Thrones and they want to be like, well, how would you have them in Game of Thrones? They can't like they can just exist and be there. Yeah. They can just be there and exist. Like it's really not that hard. But you see, the problem is you always have someone that looks at those characters yeah. like what well, makes sense. Why is a black man in, in Westeros? I'm like why are there dragons like yeah. like you see how it doesn't make sense <laughs> also i uh i looked up because i was curious for latino characters in anime did mm-hmm. you know luffy is brazilian no way i did not know that yeah yo um so ichiro ora the mangaka who uh-huh. wrote him he said that if Luffy existed in the real world, he would be from Brazil. And so that's, that's what people have used to um that that like that's how the that's how Oda wrote them. And like for example, like Chopper would all, would be Canadian. Like like <laughs> Oda apparently had different nationalities in mind when he made them. He's see, really he's re- he's really really light but yeah <laughs> yeah true but see like i appreciate that because it's like obviously zoro is japanese like mm-hmm. like that's obvious there but it's like it makes sense because these characters are from all over the world and it's yeah. just like i like that people can identify i love when people can identify with the character and they see themselves reflected 
but mm-hmm. I don't. But like you said, it's it's nice to just have the characters be able to exist and fully exist as exactly. that character. It's kind of like um, Ultron with yeah. no, not Ultron, Voltron, Voltron. and Princess Allura is black, but like she can just she can be Princess Allura. Like no one ever had like, yeah. and, um, and it's like she can just exist and she can be. Like, and it's just like, it's something really refreshing to see. Like, I see someone who looks like me, like, uh, like with the skin color and everything, but like she, that doesn't alter her. Yeah. Like, and she's not treated in a specific way because of the way she looks. Yeah. I mean, besides the overall plot with the Galros, that this is not a Voltron episode. Yeah. I mean, back shit. To the point. <laughs> I mean, like I had, there were a whole bunch of soccer dudes that I used to hang out with all Latino, like varying shades of brown, right? Like, like mm-hmm. light, super light, you know, really, really wet, wet old, like, and then like brown, brown, brown. But like, uh, they used to identify with Mugen because Mugen's like tan yeah. in the anime. Like he's not, he's not pale. Right. And um, Mugen is like, that's another thing. A lot of people, I think some people have the theory that Mugen is from the Philippines before it became mm-hmm. the Philippines. And like, like I know, like the creator actually called it like it's an actual place of where Mugen's from, and he made he created Mugen on purpose that way. Yeah, and I think like, see, that's like it all goes back to that. It's that representation of like, hey, there were different char- characters and people yeah. from different areas around this time, so they can exist in this place and it be normal and it not be out of place. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but but man. um. Yeah, all it is to say, this is amazing. It's 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 really great. It's something I'm list- um I'm looking forward to with Carol on Tuesday. Yeah, that um, is and Seis Manos. Name, right? Yeah, Carol Carol on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and then there's Seis Manos that's coming out. Oh, Seis Manos, year, dude! I am so excited for Seis Manos. Yep. Like yep. I, it is it. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. excited. I'm excited for you, friend. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to watch, and I'm just exci- I'm ex- I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. Yeah, um, but I just wanted because you made a comment about like the different shades. We had talked about like the different shades of the characters and everything. Yeah. I think it was also very cool how they included characters with vitiligo. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just like because when I noticed it, I was like, oh snap! Like then there wasn't just like one character. They did it with a few characters, and I was just like. That's awesome because some kid with vitiligo and it's like I've had a friend who grew up with vitiligo and it's like it's kind of difficult when you're a child growing up with that Um, from what she's telling me. I'm not speaking for her. I'm just like speaking from like her the frustration she dealt with that because kids don't understand what that shit is until like maybe they 10 years later. But it's kind of hard without having like without having seen someone that looks like you somewhere so and like granted times have changed and like there's models who have vitiligo and then like they see that but it's like i showed her the a screenshot of it and she's like that is so cool like to see a character who looks like her i'm like man it's just like that means something and it just like i think about like who knows like what made him decide to like to create a character like that for the series but i just it's the tiny touches that really like like that impressed me a lot yeah um, no, oh, I let's mean, get into I some other see. characters. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll do a Casey because I have that pulled up too. Uh, cool. So yeah. Casey Turnbuckle 
Once a top-of-the-line <laughs> maintenance service droid, Casey is now outdated as newer service droid models became all the rave. She lives alone deep in the hollow wood forest, collecting junk when she discovers an unconscious Sam emits a pile of scrap metal. Taking a liking to Sam, Casey agrees to aid her in locating the missing Prince Kelby and hopes to get an upgrade in the process. <laughs> and I love Casey. Sam? Oh, yeah. Let me just... My internet Ooh, is like slow on my phone. Oh my god! I am also just waiting for somebody to do Sam as cannon as a cannon buster in. cosplay. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be fun. That's a lot. That's I'm like trying to think like how do you do that outfit? It's, that that'd be fun. Somebody's gonna um, find out how. Oh, someone will. Like I will never doubt um, the <laughs> abilities of of cosplay. I saw somebody in a full. I saw somebody cosplay Diva in Mech. Like in that giant mech that she has, and then right step out and, and yeah yeah I I believe in you cosplayers. Yep, just you know tag us when you have them because we would love to see that. Yes. My okay, so I apologize. I'm having internet difficulty on my phone and I cannot pull up Sam. My page is still loading. Oh. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Why can't they have hers? That series had, or that that thing had little images with the descriptions of everybody, and and Sam's wasn't on there for some reason. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Oh, there are periods, right? Oh, that would explain. Okay, I have it now. Then. Okay. You want me to do it? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sam. That's S period, A period, M period, special associate model, is one of the main characters of Cannabuster. She's a high-end robot who was separated from her best friend, Prince Kelby, with whom she seeks to reunite with. Um, and, oh, her full name is Sam Barry. So, she her personality is, she's pro, as a robot programmed for friendship, Sam is very outgoing and loyal to those she registers as friends. When she's separated from Prince Kelby um, during an attack on Botica, she then goes on a quest with when she meets Casey, and then they go off to look for Philly the Kid in hopes of finding Prince Kelby. So I don't. I mean, also, as like we said, this is a spoiler. Sam is secretly this badass weapon droid, like known as a cannon buster. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's like the most important part, like the namesake of the show. Which that like. Had not had I not seen it in the trailer, like that reveal would have been really really dope. Yeah, but it's like you, as you go on throughout the series, you get to see even how more dope that how how dope she becomes, like as a cannon buster, like what those powers really mean. And it's it's freaking awesome. It's so good. Like oh, it's so good. And like Sam, okay, Sam is a cinnamon roll. Like I know I call like a lot of my anime characters cinnamon rolls. She's like, they perfect. Look- she is perfect and deserves the world. And Prince Kelby don't deserve her as a friend. Philly doesn't deserve her as a friend. The only person who deserves Sam as a friend is Casey. Just just saying. But yeah. the, those people just need her. So it's not that they deserve her. But Philly and Kelby need her. They do. They very yeah. much need her. They need her. Not just for protection, but just like also because she has this an infectiousness about her. And I just like... 
apparently everyone makes the comment like once they find out she's a droid that she seems so lifelike and she seems like so like aware and it's like ah it's like i'm wait i'm like i'm almost wondering like i when you get to i think it's like the second to last episode she starts to question uh, her emotions and her feelings yeah and it's like oh no don't do this to me because like it's kind of like uh i can't remember the movie with the little boy it's like Haley joel osmond and he's a robot oh ai ai when he like has feelings like actual real feelings that aren't programmed in him to have feelings and it's like whenever there's like a thing like that in a movie or a show that kind of gets me i'm like dag nabbit and then like when they make sam cry i cry (laughs) i need her to be okay so much she's just so nice and she wants to be, and she's friends with everyone, even though, even though she's like, even though they the, don't deserve her, they don't, they really don't. And her whole thing is like, are we friends now? She's like, yeah, sure. We're friends. And yeah. then <laughs> it's like, sweetie, I need you to have a little more discernment with who you make friends with. That, Please that, put yourselves first, baby. Please. Yes. Cause I just, it's, I don't know. People could take advantage of Sam very easily if oh, they yeah. if they wanted to without her knowing it but i think yeah. that maybe that's a sign in philly like throughout the series yeah like not saying he this isn't him having a heart of gold but like from where he is in the beginning to like where they get to in the end yeah it's one of could, those where it, it, he he doesn't have a heart of gold but he he values her yeah he values her and not just because like at one point he wanted to sell her for parts yes or like <laughs> or anything like it was even i think so if you've gotten to where you are it's like when sam and they're in that town and like they're getting the parts and sam meets this big huge hulking dude um yeah. and he's just like hitting on her because he thinks he's a real girl and so he's like you're my woman now and like, okay, well, I'm your friend. And then she's like, oh, do you want to bring all your friends? And dude's face is like, you want to take all of us? I'm like, what? No, Sam. No. I, know. I was like cringing. No, Sam. Go run away. My baby. My baby. And then like, it, spoilers again. Like, it, and nothing bad happens to Sam. Um, but she ends up like cracking jokes with all them and like this whole gang. But Philly thinking, I think he had a moment of thinking she was in danger. I like to think that. And he went yeah. looking for her. Whereas like he could have totally left her. Yeah. But he didn't. So that was I think that was good. And also I think had if Philly wanted to, he could have manipulated Sam to do a lot of things. Oh yeah, no, he definitely couldn't. And he and he doesn't. Yeah. Um he's not the perfect person, but I think that there's there's a love between them. It, it I and honestly, it's why I kind of see him a lot like Spike or even like yeah. Mugen, like Mugen with Fu. Like that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that is. It's like Mugen and Fu. Now, I wouldn't. I almost thought of like Ed, but I think of more Ed with Casey, like Ed and yeah. um and Spike. That's with, what um, I thought. Yeah, yeah that's that's how I, I would put it. But Mugen and Fu are, is definitely what it is. Even though I ship Mugen and Fu. I don't ship. Yeah, no, um, no. It, it, it's like them in that, like, he's really dismissive, but secretly, like, cares. Yeah, exactly. Like, he cares, minus like, deep down. shipping. Yeah, minus the shipping, because I, I will always say Mugen and Fu is a thing. No one can tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's my hill to die on. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, I love Sam. I just love her and Casey's relationship. Like, the episode where Casey was ready to deactivate because she thought she was causing... She thought she... Or, I'm sorry. I think Casey's a she because I think they refer to her as she, but I'm just going to say they because I'm not sure. But it's a robot. But point is, uh, Casey thinks that they cause more harm than good. Um, But it's because Philly had shouted that morning about like how Casey yeah. had been fixing up too much stuff and clean like and Casey is making your house clean Casey's just taking care of Bessie and it's just like Casey's just doing her which Bessie best. is amazing we must we, say oh oh yes Bessie is like a character all in itself yeah. like so cool um sorry I just want to uh, wrap up the part but like Sam almost sacrifices herself, like puts herself in danger to save Casey. And Casey's like, why would you save me? I'm out. I'm, I'm no good. I can't do anything. And like Sam reassures them by saying, you're my friend. That's why I saved you. And I'm just like, tears, just pure tears. Okay. Now on to Bessie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Car. Yep. To robot, to giant freaking mech. Yep. <laughs> Two giant freaking mech and how the fact that Philly has to pay every time to turn it into yep. a mech. I think yep. that's hilarious. I'm like, I wanna know where did you get Bessie? That was the episode I was waiting for. Like, where does Bessie come from? Yeah, there I wanted more there. I, I definitely did, because it was one of those things where like, I think the Cannon Busters world is like the lore and the world building is really big and it kind of makes this giant place for you know to you to come in and watch and, and for LaShawn and his team to play in but yeah. I also think that it leaves these areas open to be explored mm-hmm. um and I think Betsy's one of them oh absolutely it's just like it's it's like because they okay so the the world of Cannon Busters they talk about magic and they talk yeah. about technology and they talk about ancient magic and they talk about ancient technology. So you get the sense for me, it kind of reminded me of like Atlantis, the Disney movie where it's yeah. like, there's, it's like a combination of using ancient magic, ancient technology and all this stuff. And it's mixed together. So it's like, you can have this car that transforms into a giant mech fighting robot, but then you have Sam who's this tiny little robot girl. Who can yeah. transform into this ancient magic-infused cannon buster fighting robot that cannot be rivaled by anything else? Mm-hmm. And it's like there's like the spectrum is so huge in the world of like cannon busters, and then like there's these the enemy like so the the antagonist like the I guess they're yeah they're the antagonist and they're not like the whole main point of the of the plot of the first season, but still. Um, it's like, where the hell did you come from? And what are you? And why are you calling the king father? Like the yep. whole time that was happening, I was just like, did the king have a, an illegitimate child with a monster demon lady? <laughs> Cause I'm just, I'm so lost. I'm like, is this like Beowulf? <laughs> just, it sounds like, I don't know, but it's like, it's so much to explore and it just makes me need season two now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've I we need season two, um, like it. Can we please have it soon? Like, can it be like Voltron and it comes out twice a year? That's what I'm hoping. I am hoping that because it's animation, it's going to be one of those two, like part one, part two per year. 
I would like that. That's I would really I'm like that. Because, I mean, okay, Netflix anime, like Netflix-produced anime, has been doing a really good job of pumping stuff out. Granted, yeah. Castlevania aside, because I don't know if we still are getting that this year or not. Um, we need it. Well, I need it so bad, especially by Halloween. Please, Netflix. Yes. Um, but the point is, like, Castlevania is one that took maybe two years, and yeah. we only had four episodes from then. And then, like, after that, we then got, like, eight or six episodes. So it's kind of like, but now you got Hero Mask and yeah. like, and all these other Netflix-produced anime that will come out, like you said, part one, part two. Like Voltron's a good example. It's not an anime, but it's still a Netflix produced. Um, it's pretty production. much an anime. It's anime adjacent. It's, it's anime. It's anime. I'm gonna call it that. Yeah. But for the sake of like you know the people who argued that Avatar is not anime. Well, no. See, this is this. Sorry, this is the thing. People argue that it's not anime because it's not from Japan because it's not right. produced by Japanese creators. So I do like I have already seen people saying that Cannon Busters is not anime. Right. But it is. Anime it is. is a style. Mm-hmm. It's not like what is it, Kappa Mikey? Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I but would, that was the joke. Yeah, like, like I I would call uh like I would call Avatar and Voltron anime before I would call a Gretzigo anime. True. But and and see that's the thing. I guess it's more like defining anime anime by where it's from. I think is a slippery slope. Like you said, like people who people will say Avatar is not anime because it was West, it was produced here, like in our Western culture, but it's inspired by anime. It has a lot of anime tropes. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of anime themes. It's anime. Like we can say anime adjacent, but like same thing with Cannabusters. Like it's, that's anime. Like this, it's a style. Like you said, it's like a, it's a style way of like creating it it's like there's like like film noir that's a style you film something in it's the same concept anime is a genre that you that you can create something in yep uh but you know people gonna argue so oh yeah r.i.p our mention yeah r.i.p our mentions but (laughs) anyways i'm just remembering um, totally spies that was an anime that was an anime. And then there's been there's been anime that's produced in France. Um, yeah. Code Lyoko. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved Code Lyoko. Right. It was so good. Oh, and then Miraculous Lady- Ladybug is technically anime, even though it's like that th- 3D CGI anime. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it's another. It's just like Code Lyoko. It's like produced in France, but it's anime. See, it's so broad. Isn't anime wonderful? It is. It transcends <laughs> countries and everywhere. Uh, but, damn, I forgot what we were talking about because we were talking about anime and our passion for it. Um, oh, I don't remember. Dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. Okay, so we've talked about the characters. You've talked a little bit about... Oh, we were talking about, like, the lore and stuff. Um, so, just a quick question. What, do you, what, what the hell do you think is going on with that giant cat demon thing? I don't know! Lock? <laughs> yeah, Lock. Right? I'm just- <laughs> I don't know, but like I love his design. I do love his design. I'm just like, okay, this is giving me so many like questions. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to know what's up with this giant cat demon thing because yeah. his story seems interesting. Yes. And 
like there are so many different theories i'm finding and like like i'll credit this to um i'll credit this to grant from gilmore Gulp. Gilmore Ball Z, who I was talking about it previously, where, so the theory is, Philly the Kid's curse is because he swore vengeance against the leader of Babatica for murdering, for inadvertently murdering his family. Mm. So, that means, in order to break his curse, he needs to kill the leader of Babatica, so the king. So, that would be the king, or um, Kelby. But, if so if that demon cat thing, Locke, if he becomes the leader, like, or however, like, if he kills Kelby or whatever, or because he's now the ruler of Bodica and Philly kills him, Locke, then that means Philly would break his curse. Yeah. And, but, like, that's how, um, uh, to Grant's point, he thinks that that's how Philly will die. Huh. Because once he kills him, he'll probably he could sac- he might sacrifice himself to kill that thing. Yeah. But I was just like, I thought that was really that interesting. Was interesting. I hadn't even thought yeah. about that. I didn't think about it either. But then, like, the, I thought about it because, like, we were talking about, like, is he the half son? Like, or, I mean, like, is he the half brother to the prince? Like, because he keeps saying father, and then there's no explanation of why it's calling yeah. him father, and it's that weird, vague dialogue going back and forth of like. Oh, you know what you did. I'm like, how are you still alive? I'm like, can you please tell us what happened? Yes. And there's just none of that. There's no, so. Yeah, they, they, I think like, oh, that's where this is coming from. They set the world up with so much to, like, they show so much, but at the same time, they leave so much to be explored in later seasons. And I'm going to be really sad yes. if they don't go into these things. Yes. I, I, I need a season two. I need them to delve into like the magic of the world. Where's where does Sam come from? How yep. like how does all this happen? Cause like even in the end credits, I'm looking for like clues because I'm thinking, oh, is this the story of how like Sam was introduced to Kelby? Yeah. Like, is is that what that is? But like even then, they oh everyone always comments like no one's seen a cannon buster in years, or like mm-hmm. they thought they were all gone. Or, like, there's... Uh, and then, like, oh, when they talk about uh, immortals, they talk about how there are other immortal, immortals, yep. like Philly the Kid. And there's, just like, all these other things. And it's not just Philly. Like, there's supernatural things, too. Like, that Grim Reaper thing that was coming and killing people um, into that town. See, I'm terrible with names. Um, but it, <laughs> it didn't really have a character. It was just, like, a minor antagonist for the episode of, like... There was a town that was abandoned. They were looking for it, and then something was going around and sucking the life out of them. Oh, they had no the choice that, to do it. The, the like freaking galactic looking guy who had yes like, that, and then he like he gets all the power from from Philly the kid, and then he's still like you're still alive, and then he just like keeps yeah. yeah. And it's like that exchange, that one, like oh my god, that one like got me. I was just like, man, I feel bad for Philly because now. That, now that's tortures from it's like when he gets shot and dies instantly it's like that's in minor inconvenience for him and then he comes right back but having to die over and over and over again in a yeah. torturous way is like traumatic for him and it's like you see that happen to his face and it's just like it's so like it, i feel bad yeah. <laughs> like it's like before when he got shot and he hops back up it's different yeah there's like 
What I really like that the team does is they take this, like, it's an OP power, right? You can't die. And it's something yeah. that, like, ultimately is played for laughs in a lot of ways. Like, when he gets shot or when he's dissolved in the plant. Yeah. Like, or when he uses it to say, yeah, one of the worst, the worst way to die is starving to death. Um, <laughs> and then you have moments like that where you're like, oh, shit, this is actually, this is actually really dark. Yeah. Like, when and you take like, it to where it needs to go narratively, you kind of see the weight that he carries with that immortality. Exactly. And it's kind of like, that's when, when you realize his curse is linked to, like, him being so angry about his fa- yeah. his parents' deaths. And it's like, he had to have so much hatred at such a young age to, like, yeah, sure, make me immortal. You could have my soul or whatever trade he made. And it's like, he's, like you said, like, there's moments when you realize, like... Yeah, he will starve to death and he has to come right back and still starve to death again. Like, it just sounds terrible. But like, it's at first it seems just like, oh, he just dies. He gets shot. What's the big deal? Like being immortal would be great. I'm like, being immortal doesn't mean you don't die. Like, you know what I mean? Like his kind of immortality isn't invulnerability. He can still get hurt and feel pain. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that they use here is like, it's not that he's invulnerable. It's that like, he feels every bit of pain that yep. a real person would, but he has to feel it all over again, constantly. Yep. Like he knows what it feels like to die from your body melting. He knows what it feels like to die from drowning. It's just like, oh, that just, it sounds chilling to think about it. Yep. But they do a great job. Like you said, they do a great job of making an OP power like, humanizing yeah yeah because yeah, they 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 show it in all in all facets they they make it multi-dimensional it's something yes. that's very easy to not do that way yeah um, exactly but they do they do it properly here gotcha oh so question for you so what was one of your favorite moments from this season honestly it's the first time we see philly come back i know it's early on um and there's <laughs> a lot more after it but the just the realization that they're about to skin him. Oh yeah. I was like, oh shit. This oh, yeah. is dark. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Oh no, yeah, like, you're right because <laughs> it was it it, it 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 I knew it was gonna get magic and I knew it was gonna get sci-fi and I knew it was gonna get like the these things, but it 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 just went like oh okay damn, okay, they're going to skin him. They're straight up talking about skinning him right now. Yep, wow. they're going to eat him. There was cannibalism. Uh, exactly. Well, no, they couldn't eat him because he was he was too stringy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there ain't no meat on them bones. Um, which... But it was crazy, and it was, and it came out of nowhere. Mm. And then I, I think, too, like, my favorite parts of the series is also his deaths because a lot of them are really yeah. freaking... Um, the poison detailed yeah. and like i feel like they watch some like nice face melty horror movies and some like they have that downgrade and 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 as a horror fan like that 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 those are always gonna get me they're they were real good um yeah. but i think I, I the moment when you realize they're cannibals and you realize that philly's about to get skinned and then he hops off the hooks for mm-hmm. me that was when i kind of like the series turned into something else um, in a yeah. great way. No, no, I agree. Because, like, had you only watched the trailer, 
like people most people would go into this thinking like oh it's gonna be like an action anime with adventure and friendship and it's not gonna be super gory you were wrong there's gore like it's not berserk it's not gants but it's definitely yeah you gonna see blood you're gonna see beheading you're gonna see people getting shot in the chest all that and it is intense in some parts. It's not like constantly, but it's intense. Yeah. When it hits you, it hits you. I, it, yeah. I, it, it, it just does it so well. <laughs> very, very well. Um, for me, shoot, now I got. I forgot I have to ask myself this question. Uh, favorite part is when Sam transforms into her true form. But also before then, so her hair turns pink and it goes up in the Super Saiyan hairstyle almost. Of like just floating around her and like I just I love I'm a sucker for like transformations, especially like power set transformations. So like you see her like almost like an upgrade in her powers. Mm-hmm. And like it's because like she sees her whenever she sees that her friends are in imminent danger, she then like has to do something about it. So it's like she like she her consciousness switches off and then she goes on autopilot. But it's like it's just like so dope to see this design of like her hair going up and like I don't know. I don't know if Dragon Ball Z invented that hairstyle. (laughs) I feel like I have to I give them credit, but it's just like it's what we know it from. It's what we know it from. So like when your hair goes up into a straight pointy style and floating and her hair is pink and she's glowing pink. I'm just like, dope. So cool. Um, So I think that was one of my favorite scenes. But then like when she transforms into her true, true form, who is really good because she's like, it kind of makes you're going to think of um, Darling in the Franks. Yeah, I'll just I'll just leave it there. You'll think of Darling in the Franks because it's really dope how like she's fighting and she's just there's the action sequences. Oh, they're so beautiful. Just beautiful. Like, like there there's just a knowledge of the medium here that is it's above honest. Like, I love Castlevania and all that stuff. But I, I think that when it comes to like American made anime. Mm-hmm. and Netflix anime. This just blew me away. Yeah, it's like in a league of its own, honestly. It, yeah. it just made me, like, I had to stop and replay some scenes because I'm just like, it looks so yeah cool. And it's like, I wish my vocabulary was bigger, but it just like, it's it's awesome to see yeah. like the action sequences and the transformations and the fighting. It's like, even with Bessie, the gun shootouts are cool. Like that's one level of it. But then like when you get into like the higher level fighting, yeah. I think that's really great. Um, especially like the, when you bring in nine, like, yes, oh, almost forgot I about nine. nine. I really, gosh, I love, I like it with the first time he realizes that uh, Sam is a robot when he goes to move her out of the way. Yeah. He does. And he's just like, you gotta move. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's just like so cute. And it like he I like how he treats Sam and Casey as like humans. Like yep. he, he has because of his backstory, he has this um newfound regard for life. Yeah. Like he res- or newfound respect for all living things. And that in- for him, that includes like robots and he sees them as humans or like they- he sees them as worthy, worthy of living. So like, e- like even though he realizes Sam's a robot, he like still like 
makes comments of like, oh, we have precious cargo on board. I mean, he's also referring to the beer, but (laughs) he is totally the, like, he reminded me of, oh, I'm trying to think of, it's like Goemon and, uh, dang it. Who's the other guy in Lupin's group? Oh, Oh. it's like those two had a baby. Do you mean uh, Zenigata? No, Zenigata's the police cop. Um, Goemon, it, not Goemon, the other guy has the hat. Oh, uh, Daisuke. Daisuke, yes. Oh, okay, Gigan, yes. yeah. Gigan, that's why I couldn't think of it. So, yes, it's like Gigan and uh, Goemon had a baby, and that is nine. That's, and yeah, it, I like that. <laughs> Because I want to, I need to look up and see if whose voice is nine. Because I will die if it's the same one who voices Gigan. Let's see. Or Gigan? Gigan. I think it's. I've always said Gigan. Okay, I think it's yeah. Oh, because I've always said Gigan because of the J. Yeah, I I could totally be wrong and said it wrong my whole life, but I truly can't remember how they say it because I haven't watched it in a while. But it's I'm due for a rewatch of Lupin. As I love to watch it. Yeah. So um. he's voiced by Greg Chun. Okay. Um, he is, he does work in Hero Mask, Baki. Sword guy. Pretty much if there's a Netflix anime, he voices in it. <laughs> Get that good money. No, so I just looked up his name with Jigen and it doesn't look like he has ever voiced Jigen. Mm-hmm. But... I thought I like I just felt like the voices were right there. Yeah. But it's just that character type of like he's the guy who's gonna have the witty the witty back and forth with that antihero guy. Like yep. he's his uh jet to his spike almost. Yep. But like not minus the loving f- brother father figure i don't know how old jet is he's old. <laughs> but it's just so good uh and then like i just love his backstory when we get like a little piece of it oh yeah um so good so before we get done uh that music oh, yeah. though yeah so how dare you how you the cannon busters team how dare you create this awesome opening song and you not put it anywhere yet Yep. How dare you? Because I just want to listen to the song while I go work out, but I can't because I'm going to get distracted and watch the whole anime. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's so, but it's so good. The music is wonderful. I was humming it uh, at our, we had a, a work lunch today mm. and I was humming it and the guy in the line next to me like turned around and he was like, I love that anime. And I was like, yeah! Oh, that's the best. And it was so cool because he, he was uh, he was actually wearing a Shadron shirt. Oh. I was wearing my Ein shirt. So it was like weeb, weeb powers unite. It was, that's it was like great. the awesome. That's like when I was at work and I was walking and I got in the elevator and I was humming Sailor Moon. And I hadn't realized it. And the girl behind me is like, is that Sailor Moon? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it made my day. Oh, it's so awesome. But yeah, I need the I need the song, but it's nowhere yet. I have every time I watch another episode of Cannon Busters, I would always like look on iTunes, look on Spotify, 
Still nothing. And I don't want nobody's cover of it. Mm-hmm. I want the, no offense. Some of you are very talented, but I want the actual song yep. sung by the actual people. Make it happen, Netflix. Yep. Please. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The op- like in the, it's the ending, the ending song, the ending credits and the opening are like I love both of them. Yeah. It was really really good, but like that first song, it gives you like cowboy bebop vibes. That's what I was going to say. Ugh. There is the the scoring in this music. So, it, if you've watched Cowboy Bebop, you know that the music is an integral part to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of the characters are tied to pieces within the music. And I think that that is something that this nails um, and is, is amazing. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely... I, I agree. Because it's like the moments you have with, like with Sam, you hear yeah. like the, the music you um associate with her and like of course the music you associate with philly and other characters but it's just like it's so good how they just like do it so effortlessly i mean i know it's not effortlessly but they like do it and like they do it so we do it so effortlessly exactly Uh, it's not like super noticeable exactly no no, i was gonna say like it, it just everything flows and fits and goes together Mm-hmm. And it it just it just makes me so happy. Like I honestly like I don't know. I just want to meet Lashawn because I'm like, yo, we like all the same anime, and I can tell by what you made. Please. <laughs> um, I think the only and I need to get her name. Um, what's the name of the girl with the eye patch? Oh, her. I was just thinking about her. See, she was a part of that. She was a part of the assassins group sent by Locke. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, like, I don't remember her name, but that girl with the eye patch, she's probably, like, the only thing I don't like about the anime. I like her, but mm-hmm. I don't like it in that she looks completely lifted from Kakagori. She did. Okay, so I, I wasn't the only one who felt that way. Yeah. The moment I saw her in the opening, I was, like, the eye patch, the and lips, the hair. The hair all yeah. of it is it it looks like her it so. just looks exactly like her yeah i can't find her name yeah. anywhere and i think it's just like because she's not mentioned a lot yeah like it's like, like really it, it's really small like i love this series but that was the one where i was like oh yo that that you lifted that it's like, like a blank. It's a blatant lift. It's, it's pretty obvious. Like I and I, I know that Kakaguri is also a Netflix anime, but I was just like, mm. and you know, who knows? Maybe it could have been like you know, there's that whole thing about like the creator of um, Sailor Moon and the creator of Hunter X Hunter, and yeah, um, like they like purposely would design some characters and put them in each other's anime or manga exactly as an Easter egg. But at the same time, I just could not help but stop. I couldn't stop looking at her and thinking, is that that girl who likes to play Russian roulette for fun? Yep. I'm like, yep. Um, which I mean, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you go ahead. Did you have no, some, no, 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 no. That it's just it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Just, but it, that's the, the only thing I have bad to say, though. So, yeah. And it's just because it's so very noticeable. Yeah. 
It's just very, very obvious. But, like, then you have, like, other character designs that just seem super original. Uh-huh. Um, like, the woman who has, like, no arms. Yeah. But, like, her floating hands. Like, that whole thing. I'm like, okay. I like this. I, I like this originality. And, like, just the ruthlessness. And, like, she doesn't care who she kills. Mm-hmm. Like, a true villain. Uh, but, and she doesn't care about, like, disobeying her leader. Uh, it's just, uh this, just go watch the show, y'all. We could gush all day. Like, LaShawn, if you ever hear this podcast, you're welcomed here. We want to talk about anime. We want to meet you. Yep. Like, this would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, overall, I just find this to have been, like, a very, very enjoyable anime that it's very easy to get into. Like you don't have to like you don't have to feel overwhelmed of like needing to know everything about yeah. everything when you watch it because it's new. But also, like what well, everything I said beforehand, it's just so refreshing to watch an anime and see so many different shades of people of color and they not be the butt of jokes yeah. and they not be reduced to their race. Like that's the like they're like as this as if their race is their only quality. Yeah. It's it means a lot. And like, I almost shed a tear when I first heard about this thing. And it's like so awesome to see it. Like when I saw the Kickstarter for it, I was excited. So like now seeing it on Netflix, it's just like so awesome. Yeah. So. Huh. I've gushed okay. a lot about this. I have too. Yeah. Um, Did we get it all out? <laughs> I feel I feel like there's so more. <laughs> I mean, let's you know what we could always hope and save that for like season two. Yeah. I agree. Um yeah. yeah. Um final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um I need a season two because I need to know what's going on with that keeming demon cat thing, aka Locke. Is he the is he the the half brother of Prince Kelby? And please give me more lore about this world because it has all the elements that I love in an anime. Like, yeah. Fantastical technology, all this stuff. Ugh, so good. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I just need more. The world is so big, I just need more of it. Like, I need more answers mm-hmm. for what's in there. So, yeah. Bring yeah. it. Please. Bring it to me, please. Immediately would be preferred, but we understand animation takes a long time. But, you know, can we get it by Christmas? <laughs> please. please. <laughs> oh, but alrighty. So with that, you want to tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, you can find the podcast at D-Y-H-T underscore pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Omamithrandir. You can also find me on Twitter at L-A underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. And with that, what do you think was the worst way Philly the Kid died? Is Prince Kelby a spoiled brat? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and is, do Casey and Sam just deserve the world? Find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye. Bye.